Welcome to the Real Estate Secrets Podcast for healthcare professionals, hosted by Austin Hare and Nathan Palmer, who together have over two decades of real estate knowledge and investing. This show is about sharing lessons in commercial real estate that were learned from trial and error and working directly with CEOs of billion-dollar healthcare organizations. Our mission is to teach the insider strategies used by the big guys to everyday healthcare operators in order to get access to the best real estate at the best prices. So today I want to tell you guys a story um, about some of the things that I've been learning over the past couple years. And so when I was 23, I bought my first house and I kind of had this goal that I wanted to get out of um, debt as fast as possible. And I wanted to pay down the principal, you know, get stop paying the interest on it, get out of this, this dreaded debt and this interest payments and pay all, I always, you know, paid off my cars in cash and just so that way, I, you know, I was saving money. And then I was, uh, as I met more people and I met find really successful people and I began to talk to them, I realized that a lot of them were not paying off their houses in cash, even though they could easily afford it. And they were not paying off their cars in cash, even though they could easily afford it. And so that really led me down this thought process of, um, you know, why is it that these guys who could afford by a long shot to not pay any interest ever for the rest of their lives, why would they continue to take on debt and continue to, uh, you know, make these payments and, 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 you know, pay these interest payments and that sort of thing. And so that kind of led me down this path um, that where I describe it as the three stages of financial literacy. And I'll explain that here. Um, I pretty much, I've broken it down into three stages, which is throughout your life in your financial career as you as you grow, um, as you earn more money and get better at your craft and your career, um, you'll be able to position yourself differently and, and hopefully better. And so um, stage one at the beginning, you know, when you're young and um, starting to, you know, become an adult, make your purchases, or, or maybe you're just young in your career and you're, and you're older in life, but, you know, is really financing everything uh, because you have to, right? And so um, you got stage two, which is where you get to the point where you no longer have to finance everything and you can pay cash. And that way you can save yourself on the interest rate. And stage three is financing everything for reinvestment. So I'll break this down to you. Um, you know, there's a lot of um, negative kind of talk about debt and financing, and rightfully so. I mean, um, you know, debt can be very bad and, and very dangerous if, if not used correctly. So, uh, but there, when you're getting started, you just, you simply do not have the money. Like if you need to buy a car, um, you know, in this example, the car is $25,000. And now maybe um, the car is more or less, it doesn't matter, but a lot of time, people, for the first time they go to make a, a car purchase, they cannot afford to buy the whole thing in cash, right? And so, therefore, whatever the amount is, it's like you, lot, most of the time, you, you need a car, you need to get from point A to point B, you may or may not have the amount to do it in cash, and so you just have to finance it, right? Like, you want something reliable, you don't want something that's going to break down on you all the time, that you're going to have to spend a ton of money and a ton of time figuring out how to be a mechanic. So, um, in this case, if the car's $25,000, you know, and it requires a $5,000 down payment, that means that you have to finance $20,000. And interest rates on cars are usually not that bad, on new cars at least. Uh, like you, So in this example, we're using 3.5%. So if you're doing that over five years, then your total paid 
is going to be about $28,500 and the total interest on this is $3,500. And so now let's look at a house. So because you, maybe you're, you could make the argument that you just buy a cheaper car, sure, whatever. But most of the time you absolutely cannot afford to buy a house in cash. And they normally require a 10% down payment, which if you're looking at a $100,000 house, you know, a 10% down would be $10,000, which means you would have to finance $90,000. And housing right now, we actually have really good interest rates. We're using 3.5 as an example. I think you could probably get a little bit lower, but sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. And so with a really good interest rate, um, you are going to be looking at a total amount paid of $194,000. So you're almost doubling over the course of 30 years. We're using a 30-year mortgage example, but 3.5% a year over 30 years will almost double the price that you paid in the house, right? $194,000, which means that you're spending $94,000 in interest, $94,500. And so it's very common to think to yourself, okay, well, I don't want paying, I wanna pay down my house as fast as I can. Um, I want to I want to buy all my cars in cash. I don't want to have any payments. I don't like monthly payments. I hate paying interest. You know, I'm, I'm done giving it to the man, blah, blah, blah. So I a lot of times when you get to a place of financial stability in your career, that's what you start doing, right? You start buying cash for everything. And so what this looks like, you know, on this car, that's $25,000, you let's say you buy it in cash, well, you've saved $3,500. And on the house, that's $100,000, you buy it in cash, uh, well, you would have saved $94,000. And the total in this example would be $98,000 that you've saved. So now, I and I got to that stage as well, and I was all about paying everything down as fast as possible, avoiding interest, um, trying not to take out loans on businesses and you know save up till I could afford, afford the interest rate. But really, I realized that that was not going to get me to my goals fast enough because how many times can you save up $100,000 to buy a house, right? Um, not, as, not anywhere near as many times as you can save up $10,000 to put down on a house. And so um, the other thing to take into consideration is the fact that these interest rates are really not that high on these on these investments. So when you look at, let's look at the example of a car um, and what the opportunity cost is. Well, if you are financing, if you're paying for cash, that's you're outlaying that $25,000 in order that you can save a total of 3,500 in interest. That's essentially, that's the benefit, okay? This $25,000 is, is by outlaying it completely, uh, saving you 3,500 in interest. Now, let's look at that. Let's take, for example, let's say that you did not um, pay off that car. Let's say that you took out a loan on it so that you could do other things with your money. Now, if the other things with your money involve shopping and going on vacation and going out to eat, no, that's not a good idea. That's not gonna be a sound investment. If you don't have discipline, then it is better for you to pay everything in cash because it, it forces you to make um, you know, those good decisions at the time. But if you're looking at what is where is the best place to put your money, uh, then reinvesting it is going to give you a much, much, much higher return uh, than it will from the money you saved by paying in cash. So a $20,000 that you have essentially kept in your pocket, you've got $25,000, you decide to finance the car, um, you give them five, you keep 20, and let's just say you put it in the S&P. We've already talked about this in previous podcasts, but historically speaking, you know, it's about 10%, give or take, over the long run. So for simplicity, we're just gonna say that it's over a five-year period, let's just assume that it's 10%. Um, that means that you, uh, compounding interest, 10% per year, your $20,000 investment in five years would be worth approximately $32,200. Now the investment profit on that is $12,000. 
And remember, you're paying interest, of course, on the money that you finance. So you have to subtract that out of there. In this case, you'd have paid $3,500 in interest. But guess what? You made an additional $8,700 by not paying off your car. So just think about that for a second. By choosing, you still have the same amount of money. You're still outlaying that capital into some form, some vehicle, whether it's your car or the market, right? But in situation A, where you're trying to be prudent and you're, you're trying to pay everything in cash to avoid interest, you actually have, would have $8,000, $8,700 less than if you had financed the car and invested the money in a, in a safe, you know, we're talking S&P 500, we're talking safe investments here. You don't want to, you don't want to be risky with it, right? But the but the power of that is, is crazy. Now let's look at the home example. So same thing, okay? The purchase price of the home is $100,000. The down payment is $10,000 because you're financing, which means that you have $90,000 that you can decide to do whatever you want with. Um, in this case, we are going to be looking at investing in the S&P 500 as well. So now, because in a house, you got a lot longer term period looking at 30 years, uh, the chances of it hitting this 10% average are much, much higher. Uh, the, the longer time frame you have, the longer horizon you have, the more positive the outcome, the more likely you are of having a positive outcome and in investing in the stock market. And 30 years, I mean, you almost can't lose. You know, if we go and we just look at I'll just pull up real quick um, the S&P 500 again. But you know, if you're when you're looking at a 30-year time frame in almost any any of these ETFs, any of these funds, any I mean, almost any stock that's like generally safe stock, specifically ETFs, really. Um, I mean, you really can't lose. Like back today is 2020. So, you know, if you go back to 1990, the purchase price in 1990 was $340. And today is $3,116. So um, the longer, and and you can do that like almost any, you know, if you just take one of these things, you can do this on your own, but really just look at it, zoom out, um, and look at it over any, any 30 year period. And it is always, I've never seen, I've yet to see a 30 year period where it has not appreciated more than an average of 3.5% a year. So in my, in my opinion, you cannot lose using this method because you're going to outlay the capital one way or another. You're much, much, much better off. I mean, you know, just look 3.5% is your interest rate. Mind you, it's not compounding. It's okay. It's, it's a flat rate versus a 10% compounding interest rate. That's 7.5% extra that you're making from putting your money into a smart investment. So after 30 years uh, in the S&P 500, it would have a total value. Your $90,000 would have appreciated it to $1,570,000. Okay, so your profit from that investment is $1,480,000. And you are paying interest, okay? You, you would have paid a total of $94,000, but your profit even after paying the interest, is $1,385,000. So the point of this podcast is just to get you thinking in terms of what is the best place to, to put my money. A lot of times you don't really have this conversation. A lot of times you might not have a person that you can talk to about this, but it's great food for thought and it's great food for exercise. So, um, you know, I'm always a fan, not always, but I am typically a fan of when you are going to make a purchase, if the interest rate is low, like which typically is for a house and a car, 
then you are almost always, I mean, solar on your house, you know, you're almost always better off by financing that money, just eating the interest rate, paying the interest rate, and using your money for something else. And I mean, this is what wealthy people do. Um, You know, people that we know that we talk to, they're taking out bank debt on their projects, and they have more than enough cash to buy these properties in cash, buy businesses in cash, but the really wealthy people, they choose not to. And when I found that out, that was fascinating to me. So I began to do a deep dive, and that's when I discovered you're, when you have a certain, you have a set amount of capital, you're limited by, to the number of transactions that you can do, you're limited to the number of investments that you can do based on the amount of capital that you have. So the more you can lower the amount of capital that's going to come out of your pocket, the more deals you'll be able to do, the more you can scale um, and the more wealth you'll be able to create. So I hope this little exercise was eye-opening for you guys. Feel free to obviously crunch your own numbers, you know, do your own due diligence, do your own research. But I hope that uh, this was enlightening. So um, I will catch you guys next time as we continue to, to explore some of these topics in detail. If you need help finding the perfect location for your practice or you're ready to invest in commercial real estate, email us podcast at leadersre.com. That's podcast at leadersre, re as in realestate.com. Or go to www.leadersre.com and fill out our form. See you next time.